This is Graphically Novel, a podcast by three brothers who like each other but love comic books. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And we are finally back. Uh, nobody was sick. Nobody was sick this time. So <laughs> work stuff happened. Yeah. Life. What a punk. Um, but we are reviewing one of Sam's picks this time. And Sam, um, despite um, your pre-show complaints about black and white books, uh, you picked another one this time. You, uh, <laughs> break that down for us. Okay, so this one gets a pass because it's Samurai Executioner. <laughs> it is amazing. It's volume one. Uh, I picked it because Lone Wolf and Cub. That's really all I need to say. But I can't remember what the – is it just volume one or is it more? It's title. volume one when the demon knife weeps. Oh, that's a good thing. See, oh it's it's feudal Japan. It's just like my era, samurais, just awesome stuff. I love it all. Also, samurai we, stories usually have cool names. Yeah. And we didn't review the entire volume one. We did the first three issues. First three issues. <laughs> well, we thought it was we like were going to 500 pages or something, right? I mean, it was. And we thought we had a shorter time to record this thing, and then stuff <laughs> happened. We had time probably to read the entire series. <laughs> I might have read more than just the first three issues. <laughs> just so everybody knows. Well, you know, with with you know with with manga, I mean, sometimes the, a chapter is not an issue. I mean, the way yeah. American comics are. I, mean, I think one of these stories was like eighty pages long. It was. Yeah. Um, yeah. We picked a perfect time to quit doing the bite size breakdowns. <laughs> I would have claimed chapter one. (laughs) Well, anyway, so, um, because, uh, because Sam's a punk, I'm going to read the comicology summary this week, even though it's not my book. And it is, of course, you got it pulled up. I think so. Yeah. I think I can try. Oh, I thought you said, okay, well, you can read it. Go for it. Uh, I was just messing with you. I ain't got pulled up. I lost it. Oh, well, I'll read it then. Okay, uh, here we go. From the creators of Lone Wolf and Cub comes Samurai Executioner. It's true. Before This is so terrible. Before Koike and Kojima created I- Ito Ogami. Name's Ogami Ito. Anyway, they created Kubakiri Asa, better known to Lone Wolf readers as Decapitator Asamon. He was the equal to Ito, bearer of the sword Ani Bako, the man charged with the duty of testing the swords for the Shogun. Samurai Executioner is based on the decapitator himself in life before his fatal duel with Lone Wolf. Uh, that's about it. I know, you're right. I gave you a hard time last time. Uh-huh. Uh, expect the same legendary drama, frantic action, stoic, stoic, stoic samurai stature, combined with the exemplary art and storytelling that made Lone Wolf and Cub one of the most popular and influential comic books in the world. Wait, good job, buddy. Uh, no, it was not my best I work. see why you didn't want to read it now. <laughs> yep I actually had to pull it up just make Jamie read it because I no way I can pronounce any of those names <laughs> well I felt bad calling you a punk um, I don't know um, so our creator credits this time are the legendary team that made Little Wolf Cub the people we loved for that work it's written by Kazuo Koike art and cover by Goseki Kojima and letters by Digital Chameleon one of those names was easier to learn how to pronounce than the others uh, <laughs> true <laughs> <laughs> but we have all ran so much on wolf and cub now i can actually say their names yeah uh anyway so it's now it's time for the live action batman grades and this is our eccentric grading scale based on the men who have thus far 
Thus far, we're gonna we're about to edit this thing. Played Batman in live action, and for best or worst, that scale is Bell, Affleck, Keaton, West, Kilmer, and poor George Clooney, and pending Pattinson. We will he will be on to. there soon. Yes. Um, I know where I'm gonna put him on it, and so I'm waiting for you guys to watch the movie so we can uh, argue some more about it. Well, I'll hopefully I'll watch it in the next day or two, and me and you can uh, get together and we'll outvote Sam. Yeah, Sam. If you, I mean, there's there's like a waiting period, but we're just gonna do it without you. That's fine. Okay. If I can yeah. squeeze in this weekend, I'll try. But it'd probably be another two or three weeks before I can even go think about seeing it. It'll be on HBO Max by then, dude. That's probably where I'll end up watching it. At. I don't recommend that. Anyway, uh, so Josh, what is your live action Batman grade? I'm really curious to see how far off I am from you two. Uh, I got a feeling I'm quite a bit lower than Sam. I may be uh, negative Nancy this week, but I'm going Keaton. Staying on the plus side of the scale, but it's not as fun as Lone Wolf and Cub was for me. And we'll get into it later. But yeah, Keaton, it's still on the plus side. I mean, if you, if that's your style comic, then definitely read it. But I wasn't as happy with it as the uh, their other samurai. Um, okay, you're not the lowest. I went West. Um, Dang. I didn't care for it. I uh, thought about going West, to be fair, so don't feel bad, but I thought Sam would give me the no. evil eye. I, I didn't... I mean, it didn't grab me. I mean, when I, I read, like, the first chapter of, of Lone Wolf and Cub, I'm like, well, I'm reading all this. I'm going to see what yeah. Doc Gordo's like when he's 85. I mean, I'm going to read everything. I mean, I'm, I want to know all, everything happens to these poor guys. Um, but this thing, yeah. it just it didn't grab me at all. I didn't really, none of the stories really like hooked me. And we'll, we'll get into it more when we get into the pyramid. But I mean, p- part of the storytelling here just didn't work for me. Well, this was their first run at it, that type of story, I think. They said this was their original creation, right? Yeah, and I understand. Like, if you go back and listen to our early episodes, we stink. I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So this was their learning getting, curve. Yeah, we were getting about enthusiasm early on, though. We didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> As opposed to now where we're experts. Yeah. <laughs> Shut your face. Yeah, when are we doing the Batman tie-in? <laughs> <laughs> Sam, okay, what's I'm your live action Batman <laughs> All right, so I was, I guess, giving it some Lone Wolf and Cub love here. Because I did enjoy it. It was good. I mean, it was not Lone Wolf and Cub good. I, I agree with you all on that. So I was I, I was waffling between like an Affleck to a Keaton, and since y'all gave it such, I won't say two West, I'm gonna give it an Affleck, just middle of the road Affleck. Not a plus or a minus, but just Affleck. Now you do realize Di Gordo never appears in this series, right? I do know. Yeah. <laughs> I, was saying, I, I mean, they drawed him in it <laughs> the whole time. No, you, now you're talking about Ogami Ito. Yeah, Ogami. Yeah. Yeah, like Di Gordo's the little guy. The boy, I know he's the boy. Yeah, yeah I mean, I Takes don't know. But no, yeah, so uh, I did enjoy it. it. It didn't hook me, you know what I'm saying, but I, I still had fun with it. And I didn't. I read more than just the three issues. I did enjoy it. I do think they learned a lot of lessons. Like You, you can tell like they weren't as, as advanced storytelling-wise as they yep. get with Lone Wolf and Cub. And we'll, well, like I said, we'll get down the pyramid. We ready to move on to that? All right, well, now it's time for the graphically novel pyramid, the part of the show where we evaluate the book of the week based on the three elements we believe a book has to nail to be a good book. 
And the first of these is story. So, Josh, what do you think about the story of Samurai Executioner? Uh, there really wasn't a whole lot of story through line. The, these really were one-off stories uh, that the the third story had zero relation to the first two. Uh, they they just didn't flow very well. Uh, and I'm, I'm like you, Jamie. They just neither of the two main plot lines really hooked me in. I was never like, oh, I got to see what's going on. I got to keep reading. I got to I got to find out how this ends. I just I, I never got hooked on them. Uh, plus, I felt like these maybe were even more graphic than Lone Wolf and Cub, unnecessarily graphic stuff going on. Uh, I mean, there was a there was a execution scene that went on for like. 30 pages and there was next to no dialogue and it was just it was just drawn out and in, in, in graphic for what i felt like reasons that didn't need to be uh so yeah i i, I didn't really care for the story part of the pyramid this week uh, so on the story i took it so i know it's not like a big uh through storyline story arc but it's like i took it as like it's a snapshot from each of his uh prisoners or people who's got to execute so this is like what led up to it what happened to it and a little bit after so it was like each 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 one is like a mini of its own story so it's like a little snapshot of each person he has to execute and i thought that was kind of interesting i think they did try to set up a through story because in the beginning when he executed his father he was the second for his father the car whatever it's called i can't remember but they they said that if he had known how much trouble that would give him down the road, he wouldn't have helped his or would have done that. And that's the only through thing I could have seen. Well, the, no, they do set it up, and it does come back once. I think that the big like the like with Lone Wolf and Cub, it's all about the war between him and you know the Yagyu. Everybody. Yeah. Well, yeah. Every human in Japan that owned a sword. Um, but. With this one, I think it's going to be the mystery of what happens with the, with his dad's death. I think that's going to come back to haunt him. And like, there's one guy mentions later on that he's there was something irregular about his father's death. So, so I think that's the mystery because they're going to weave back in eventually. Um, but for me, this felt like um, remember in the '90s when they started stopped having like TV shows that went from like just one random episode at a time. No, not connected to the 90s suddenly suddenly like the pretenders happening where they have like long season long story arcs and the x-files had you know, longer story arcs that tied in and it feels like lone wolf and cub was when they figured out how to do it and started making 90s style tv shows where they connected stories sure you'd have your one off here and there they didn't connect a lot but mostly it was really connected yeah but this feels like more like an 80s show like you know <laughs> it feels like the incredible hulk where like or the ATM. They'll have their adventure, and then you play the Lonely Man song, and he walks to a new town, and just we'll do the same thing next week. You know, single story. And I think I think that they hadn't quite figured out how to do that kind of storytelling yet. All right. So you know, I agree with what you're saying about the '80s and '90s show. How this is more like the '80s little snapshots, and I, I think that's part of the reason I liked this one because it was just like a little thing he was doing here, a little thing he was doing here, and didn't have the whole storyline because, like I said, they they were learning, they were developing their craft as writers but i still enjoyed the 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 little stories they had each each person he had to execute and their little little story and it was like one and done completed so i did enjoy that side of it what i think the uh the lack of story is because it doesn't seem like the samurai executioner is the focus of the stories especially issue three he's in it for like 10 panels i mean the this that story is not about him at all 
Uh, and for this to be a volume one and we're supposed to be learning who this character is and, and, you know, learning about the world he's in and, and getting everything set up for him to not even make an appearance and pretty much a whole issue. And the issue does not even be about him kind of is not a great volume one. Uh, cause we didn't learn anything about him. We didn't, it didn't further his character development. We didn't learn more about the story, uh, at all in issue three. He's Felt like they kind of wasted time in issue three. Like we could have not read issue three, and I, I don't think I would have not known anything about him. Like I didn't learn anything in that issue. And there's not a lot of stakes. Like you know he's going to survive, and the people he's fighting with, you know they're going to die. All right. Yeah. I mean that's a guarantee. I mean that's yeah. Lone Wolf and Cub. The story helps you learn about the main character because you put him in different situations. You're like, Oh, that's how's he going to react to this? This is a unique kind of story, uh, story point. So you, the situations they put him in helped reveal who the character was. And you learned about him through that. The situations in this doesn't reveal anything about the samurai executioner with yeah. the 10 panels. He was in an issue three. It didn't, I didn't learn anything more about him. I don't know how he behaves. It doesn't reveal any of his character traits. Like, it didn't do anything for the story. It was more about the blind guy than it was Samurai Executioner. So it actually, I don't know, it didn't feel like it. You could have just left issue three out and I wouldn't have known. I would, There wouldn't be anything I didn't learn had I read it. So the story doesn't really work with the other parts of the pyramid. It just, it didn't, none of it really worked together. Yeah, I agree. And also, it just, I didn't find it very compelling. Um, I was bored at times. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, it felt like a lot of the scenes were drug out. I mean, Lone Wolf and Cub, some of that stuff, the pacing slowed down when it needed to, but there was always stuff going on. Again, I mean, there was, I'm not even being sarcastic. There was about 10 to 12 pages of him beheading the girl in issue two, and there was next to no dialogue. Nothing really happened. It was, it was just a waste of 10 to 12 pages. It just drug everything to a grinding halt. And I'm like trying to like, am I missing something? It's like, there's, there's some subtleties in the art that I'm supposed to be learning something from. And it, no, it wasn't. No, just watching a naked lady beg for her life. Yeah. Well, speaking of art, let's move on to the next segment of the pyramid. And that is mine. And I was happy that it fell out this way because Koseki Kojima never misses. Um, they took him a while to figure out how to do some of the storytelling and they definitely leveled up for Lone Wolf and Cub. But man, this book was wonderful to look at. Um, it was beautiful. I mean, he was already a finished product by this point, art style wise. Um, sometimes like what they were having <laughs> the executioner do was strange, but it always looked great. Even he's like cutting up beds or whatever it was in issue three. Like it, it was dramatic looking. It looked exciting. Like it, I didn't, romance. Yeah, what? Yeah, but like it looked good. You know, the faces were good. The action was good. It was super clear. Um, there's some really striking images in this book. Um, you know, Kojima's got it. Yeah, just as good as Long Wolf. I mean, it's crazy how I, I don't like black and white, but I like this. I think I said that in Long Wolf. It's just something about this way, the shades, like the, the faces, just it's all so good. And I know what it is. It's something about it. Uh, Japan and the snowy scenes with their houses and their trees and stuff is like I've always been drawn to. I always loved that. They had a few in here and it just like caught my eyes. Like man, it's so good. Black and white with snow and he made it work. Like it was it was something to see. I really enjoyed the art. 
Yeah, I, I think this character, as much as Lone Wolf and Cub, they're very stoic. They're quiet, kind of reserved. And the art, the black and white art does that. You don't have all the color, all the vibrancy stuff. It's a little bit subtle. Uh, and, and so that black and white style works with these characters and, and this era that they're trying to cover. I, I do think there was more background and more nature scenes in Lone Wolf and Cub that I, I thought. I think he does really good with the nature, like the panoramas and stuff. Uh, the, I don't think we got as much of that in this, which I kind of missed a little. The angry face still killing it. And there are so, there are more open backgrounds. Yeah, there is a lot more black backgrounds, uh, but the emotions were really good. I mean. Mm-hmm. That that always comes across. Yeah, it was it was good. It was the best part. <laughs> it was the best part of the call. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, it, it I was mean, the best part of, of our pyramid. That could have went is, back and copy and pasted our notes from Lone Wolf and Cub. It, it's basically the same. Like, I think he got a little bit better, a little more refined later on. But, yeah, this is all real solid stuff and all the, the same stuff we liked before we still like. All right, moving on. Sam, what do you think about the characters? All right, so I don't know how to explain it. So the character is the executioner. He's the main character. It kind of revolves around him. But each story, each issue we had, had another character dropped in on us. It was the person he had to execute or the person doing bad things. And you see, like, in issue three, was it three? With the, the blind guy? Yeah, so it was mostly about him. So you got to see his motives and why he was doing things, and why that, and the, what the executioner really had to do to to get to the guy. So I mean, that that's his story arc. It was just each each issue has a one little story arc. But I mean, that's it. There's not a whole lot of characters in here, and it's definitely not lone wolf developed characters. So that, and really, all I got. <laughs> yeah, my first note is what characters. <laughs> you know, it's it really feels like the the each issue has its own problem he has to solve, yep. and the, it feels like the focus is more about the problem than him actually solving it. The setup with the blind guy, because I know way more about him than I do about the yes. samurai executioner. I, I know so much more about his setup, why he was doing the things he was doing, you know, why he went the route he went. Like I completely know more about him than I do the main character of the comic, which I think after three issues, you probably should know more about your main character than the side characters. But yeah, I just felt like each, each thing was its own problem. Each issue, he's got to solve something. He's got to do something. And they spend more time elaborating and giving you detail on the problem than him and his solution to it. I mean, for me, this is another big problem with the book. And this is probably what pushed it down to a West for me. I don't, they don't make me care about the executioner and I don't like any other characters in the book. Like I actively don't like them. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like we go, we keep calling him the, the blind guy from chapter three, but that's the name they gave him. We found out that Zalto is what, is what he's called throughout the issue. Um, that just, that's Japanese for blind guy. Yep, <laughs> I mean, really so that's what, that's what he's called in the book. But I mean, I just, anybody's not the executioner. I don't like even his dad. I was mad at his dad. Like, how could you put your kid in that situation? And the people that he's got to answer to. I'm like, you're all jerks. You're terrible people. And then the criminals he's having to execute. Obviously, I mean, they're probably not the awesome people because they're being executed for crimes. I mean, and Zalto is a terrible dude. And it's just, there's nobody here for me to care about. Well, I read ahead 
And the next two issues has a little more about his background, and they develop him a little better. And the next one's, I ain't going to say better, this gives you a little more info about him. Some of his motives and like him training and doing stuff. So they they are getting better with it. Like like we said, though, this is them their first stab at it, really. It's not a great yeah. start, though. Yeah, you don't. I'm with you, Jamie. I didn't get emotionally attached to anybody in this. You know, I actively disliked a lot of them and take or leave <laughs> the main character of the book. I'm like, yeah, whatever. He's there. Well, you know, I'm not I'm not invested at all. But I think like um like with the Punisher last week, there if there's like a like we connected with Rachel Coles or Alves, she took his name. Um <laughs> I mean, I cared about her. I was really interested in her. And that pulled me through that book. It's not the greatest story. It's certainly not the greatest story Greg Rucka's ever told. But I cared about her. And then, like, the reporter at the end. Like, suddenly, like, she got interesting. It pulled me through, you know, what was a good story, not a great one. And I'm still reading that series. Um, whereas this one, I was like, there's nobody to attach to. There's nobody I care about. And for me, that's what will make a story truly, truly compelling. Is if I, they make me care about a character, and I'm going to find out what happens to this person. And I'll I'll plow through some mediocre stuff if I let me care about the characters. I agree. I still read more. I like it. Well, yeah, I, think I, mean, you're, I think you're an easy mark for this team. Yeah. Hey, I am. I'm just a sucker. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. All right, Josh, what were you going to say? Sorry. Uh, nothing. I was just going to back you up and say yeah if, I, if i'm not invested in the characters there's it's got to be a really riveting story for to make me keep reading it and since the story was kind of lackluster and then i also didn't care about the characters I, I didn't read past these first three issues i didn't finish volume one even and then i'm really not planning on reading anymore see that's that's the thing where i'm um, me and you may not probably not probably aren't like the most you know stereotypical comic book fan even if the art's amazing like I'll I'll quit a series even if it's beautiful to look at if I don't care about the story or the characters. Whereas if I if I'm if I care about the story and they've made me like get attached to characters, I mean I could put up with some pretty you know lackluster art. Hey, you like Jeff Lemire comics? We know. How dare you, sir? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there's been a lot. There's been a lot of Jeff Lemire slander this evening. <laughs> yeah, it was just pre-show before. Now it's actually on the show, so we better <laughs> move on. Yeah. yeah, we're recording this the week that Little Monsters number one came out, and only one of us read it. Anyway, you want to give us some words? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, Josh, uh, what is your best cover? All right, I'm going with uh, issue one on page 12. Uh, it's labeled page nine on the actual page of the comic, but it's page 12 of the digital edition. And it's the... Uh, the building there with the snowy trees that sound likes. Uh, yep. I thought it was a really serene looking image for the bad stuff that's getting ready to happen. It was really, it was, yep. it was, it was, it was a very nice image. I liked it. When the demon knife weeps is the name of that one. Cause I have the same one. Yeah, okay. Well, here's the thing. Um, these covers are done by Goseki Kojima. So they're all good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I had like a three-way tie, so I'm just gonna bag Josh up. It was it was a really cool image. We're all in agreement. Yeah, I like it. All right, good deal. <laughs> all right, the best character. I'm going first, and I'm going with uh, 
Papa Asaimon. Um, and it was only in for a couple of pages. But it was probably the only thing that really intrigued me. Like, why would you do this to your child? Why would you put him in this situation? Because now he has to go out and do the job you've done for your whole life. But now he's got a secret he has to carry. He's got the burden of having done what he, you know, his father put him in a position to do. But it's also apparently a dishonorable thing, like a, a crime, like something that could really unravel his whole life if it came to light. And so, like, why would you do that? You know, yeah. what, what's what's that about? So that that, that was the, like the only intriguing thing, the only, the only interesting thing a character did in the three chapters we read. So, yeah, Papa, same one. Executioner. He's the main character. I don't know more about him. Oh, God. That didn't make me care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm with Sam. I honestly, I didn't care about any of the characters. He's the main character. He's the one I'm supposed to like, so I just wrote him down. But there were there wasn't one character I could point to and be like, man, that was interesting, or I'm I'm intrigued. I want to know more, I, or that was cool. I I didn't honestly really care for any of them, so I'm just going with the main guy, Yoshi. Yep. The default. All right. Yoshi. Uh, Sam, what's your best panel? And there is a I, right answer here. Okay. Uh, I went with page 71, panel one, the executioner. Uh, but I think there's a better one later on that y'all didn't read about. If you want to see that one, I know it's not part of our show, but I thought that was amazing. Anyways, so panel, I mean, page 71, panel one. Close, but wrong. I'm going right in the same area there. We're on page 74, panel three. It's where he's kneeling with the severed head. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> that is the right answer. When I, if I ever remember this book or think about it, that is what I will picture: is him with that severed head, just chilling out, holding it. Yeah, talking. Okay, just catch so okay. Four point three. Yeah, he's cupping it almost gingerly, holding her chin. You know, just holding yeah. it like he would have. Gently with a pumpkin or something is. Well, it's like it's like he scored like the winning touchdown with the football. It's holding the football. It doesn't want to let go of it because it's memorabilia now. Yeah, he's getting ready to do the sideline report. He's getting ready to do his interview and he's holding his. <laughs> yeah, I'm holding, the, I'm holding the game ball. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you were you were close, Sam. All right, do you want to tell us what the other one was? Oh, if you actually want to look at it, it's pretty far into the book. It's on page two fifty one. And it's also panel one. I liked it. Oh, yeah, it. that's a good one. Man, that's... It's not a superhero book, but that's a superhero pose. Yeah. I mean, that's that standing, stoic toughness, you know? That's the dude that gets stuff done. He's standing on top of a well house. I know you haven't read that, but that's on top of a well house. If you look, it's a bucket beside him. And he's looking down on the men. It, it was really good. That was good. Yeah, I like that. All right. Uh, next is best dialogue. Josh, what'd you have? Okay, I, I I cheated. I couldn't find just one single line I thought was good, and I picked a whole monologue. And it picks up on page seventy-four with the he starts the the, the monologue off. I beg to disagree. It's where they were giving him a hard time about. Uh, telling uh, the lady he executed there that the execution was off and she relaxed and her face got serene and then he executed her 
and they were upset because the decapitated head is supposed to be <laughs> have fear on its face. And he was explaining why he didn't think he'd done anything wrong. And I just, I like that. Uh, we're on the same page. That's exactly what I have. Um, Honestly. Yeah. I actually went from 73 to 78. Is the whole discussion. Yeah. Yeah, I had page 74 to 79. So. Yeah. Because that's one of the times you actually get a little bit of insight into what he's thinking or feeling. Like, he's explaining why he did something. That, that was, like, one of the few times I understood what his motivations was. Yeah. And it made sense. I was If I was going to care for him, if they had more of that stuff, I probably would have related to him a little more and been interested in what happens to him. But that was the only little glimmer of character development for him. Issue four and five has some. I'll never know. <laughs> All right, moving on. Next order's best full-page spread, and I'm going to cheat a little bit because it's not technically a full-page spread. If you go to page 165, it's a full-ish-ish page spread, and it's when um, Executioner stabs Zalto through the wall. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. I almost used that for my best panel. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm cheating a little bit. All right, Sam, what was your best full-page spread? Best full-page spread is 112, Executioner Practicing. Yeah, it's when he's chopping up the bed mats, and then yep. they find out it was a practice, a wooden practice sword. <laughs> no, just a dull sword didn't have an edge. I thought it was a wooden sword. No, I'm pretty sure it's a real sword. It's just, he didn't sharpen it. It's just dull. Oh, okay. That's what made I'm, I'm, I was so unimpressed with this. I may not have read it in the last two weeks since we've recorded, since I've done my initial notes. So. Yeah, well, I've skimmed it before every time you've canceled on us, Josh. <laughs> Take that. Sorry about but, that. Yeah, bus uh, was rolling by. I pushed you out in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. You're the one that had to skim through it, not me. Uh, <laughs> so my best full page, I just stuck in that same page range i got all my other uh awards from so it's page 70 it's the actual decapitation yeah that was my backup yeah because it's, it's a very dynamic scene and, and you know the uh noise they've got there that's kind of what i was hearing <laughs> that yeah. goes along with that image it's it's yep. dramatic too and because we've got a little bit of backstory with that character it kind of heightens the drama there. So, yeah, it's, right. it's good. Uh, Sam, what was the best death scene? That's our episode specific this week. Okay, so I went with the death scene between him and the father when he had to be the second for his father, help him commit suicide. I just like the, the meaning behind it and all that stuff. And I know you kept talking why he do that and all that stuff. And, and I think it was just the honor thing. He wanted his son to have the honor of being the executioner. But I understand why you didn't. Because, but he said, but they said later that he was he was dying. Like his dad was already dying. He, could, I mean, it's an old wound, yeah. whatever it's bleeding. I don't know. I, I don't interesting. Know. Yeah, it's yeah. odd. It was interesting. Uh, right. Yeah. All right, Josh, what was your best death scene? I went with your cheat for best full page uh, spread. I went with the death of Zato. I was just really glad to see that guy die. It was a pretty cool scene. I mean, he stabs him through a wall. He can't actually see him. He's just, he's that good. He knows exactly where he's standing and stabs him through the wall. So it was, it was a pretty cool, pretty cool move there. Uh, but yeah, I just, I wanted that guy to die. 
<laughs> he needed well, to, I, he needed to be taken out. Yeah. Well, and because of um his, his super acute hearing, like he had to like be clever, you know, and and how he did it. Yeah, it was it was good. But I thought the most dramatic death scene was when um Zalda was on the boat of uh, the blind prisoners. And he took out that whole boat full of people yeah. with the, with those chains. I thought that that is the best death scene in the book. I haven't thought about that either. Yeah, he I took out like, just yeah, just waving chains around and just taking Slam. dudes out. Yeah, yeah, it was that was a good one. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, I guess we have to do the cast section. Mine's uh, terrible, so uh, I'm not gonna argue with you too much this evening. Cool. Yeah, me neither. Right. names that I can't pronounce. Yeah, probably. Uh, so, Josh, <laughs> you're up first, and we're probably not going to be able to say the character names or the actors very well. Um, yeah. Who, who go ahead. Your, uh, yeah, this is this is where being the moderator doesn't pay off sometimes. Uh, Yoshi Sugu. Who you got, Josh? Okay, before I tell you my answer, I'm going to say i apologize for the butchering of the names that's about to happen uh so i did a theme pick this week and i relied kind of heavily on the time machine so i'll see if you guys can pick up on the theme uh but for yoshi i've got uh hiroyuki sonata i second that it's the go-to when i need a samurai because yep. that dude just exudes samurai. Bad, but yeah yeah but at this He's point from- yeah he probably needs time machine yeah, mine is also a time machine. Um, but um, especially when he was with fellow was younger, he had a very young face. And I thought, because I think that I think he's Yoshi's supposed to be real young at this point, right? I think so, but he's not drawn that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, Will Yun Lee. Uh, he played Harada in the Wolverine. Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, he kind of kind of had a little bit of a baby face, real young looking. Um, but he had like kind of sharp features, like a strong face, like Yoshi. It just felt like he was a good fit um, for that guy. And it probably is a time machine pig. All right. Ne- next up is Father Asamon. And I'm going to go with Ken Watanabe. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. I know. It's my best one. I could almost sign off now. It's my last good yeah. one. <laughs> All right, All Sam, right. who, who was your father's name on? His name is Hal Yamachuchi, whatever. He was a silver samurai, and <laughs> I have no idea how to say his name. That was terrible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> Hal. I call you Hal. How's that? But he, in, in the, we're going to the, the Wolverine again. He was a silver samurai, the old dude. Yeah. Yeah. It was dying on his deathbed. Yeah, he was good. Josh? Uh, I've got Donnie Yen. He's probably too, still too young for that. You can time shame forward. We'll get him from the future. It's time easier to age him up. We need a little bit of makeup. But I thought he yeah. would have been a believable, believable executioner in his younger days. Because he should have had this job for a long time. So if we had any flashbacks or anything, like I totally... Well, I mean, and and two, um, I was super narrow about this. This is a these two authors tell such definitively Japanese stories that I only mm-hmm. cast Japanese actors, and Donnie is Chinese, I, so I didn't consider him. Yeah, I, I 
may have dipped into some Chinese actors. Yeah. I'm not. Who judge me here? Just saying. I have one. Uh, okay. Uh, the next one is Yarashi Osian. And Sam, who did you have for Miss Osian? All right. So this is my. Oh, she's Japanese. Okay. It's Zhang Zai. Zhang Zhi. Zhang Zhi. Yeah. Whatever. I like her. She's Jin Yu from Crash and Tiger. She's doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Also, Time Machine Pick. Although we all wish we could age as well as she has. I was going to say, eh, <laughs> really? Yeah. She's older than him, so. Yeah, that's true. All right, Josh, who is your OCN? I've got uh, Tao Akamoto. I think she was in The Wolverine as well. Mm-hmm. Was she in Mariko? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. I thought about her, too. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and spoil my theme pick. I don't think you guys are going to get it. Uh. I went back and looked at who we cast for Lone Wolf and Cub and just moved them over into these characters. Because <laughs> this, I was, uh, for the longest time, I was convinced we were reading a Ogami Ito origin story, and then it's not. So <laughs> I was like, I'm just casting the same people we cast for Lone Wolf and Cub because it looked the same. It looked like the same character. It, it does. So they that's really my thing. This is all people we cast for Lone Wolf and Cub. All right. Well, I went with. Rinko Kikuchi. She was in Pacific Rim. Um, she's been in a couple things. Um, not not a lot of you know American movies, but a lot of stuff. I think she's got a really good screen presence, and I think it'd be interesting to see her in, a, in this kind of different kind of role than I've seen her in. All right, Sam. Uh, the Ro Bugio. Anyway, who you got for Ro guy? Or Ro, I picked my guy, it's a funny name, Chow Young Fat. Just a guy in a little, little samurai outfit, giving orders. Like, ah, that's it. Uh, I like him. Yeah, I do too. I haven't used him. I don't think I've ever cast him for anything. That's why I used him. All right, Josh, who you got? Simon Yam. Of course you do. I was working off a limited list here. Yeah. I thought I was being clever, and I think it may have backfired on me. It works. I like it. I guess. This guy, uh, I, don't, I don't know that he had any speaking lines. He just sits there and watches him execute the lady. I mean, and he gets so mad about it. Yeah. Oh, he was yeah. the guy that questioned him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. he got mad about it. Like, why, you know, why did you give uh, her peace? She, needed, he, she didn't need any peace. He had one line then, sorry. All right, well, anyway, I went with Brian T., What's he been in? Trump. Dude, we cast Brian T all the time. Oh, um, I know. He, he was in the Wolverine. He was Shredder in the new. Yeah. Okay, I know he is. Yeah. Yeah. You know Brian T. Yeah. Uh, he's a, he's a, a real tough guy face. Yeah. He's he's a like good him. actor. He's, he's 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 real intimidating. Yeah. Okay. Hi, right, Jamie. Blind guy. All right. What's up? No, did Blind you not say guy. who? He started us off. Yeah. You got out of rotation. We were just rolling with it, but you're calling attention yeah. to it now. So. Oh, I blew it. Everybody, Jamie yeah. messed up. Yeah. I don't tell you. We fine. were being graceful. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. 
Um, I'm 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 unaccustomed to that feeling. You guys being gracious, I, I don't know what that. I mean, I, I don't know how. To, what do I do with that? I'm confused. Yeah. Well, that's um, why I said, yeah, it's your turn. All right, Zato. <laughs> I can't believe that he gave him an actual name. He's just no, he, he had he had a name in there. It said I one remember, time. Was I didn't remember? I didn't remember a one time. Anyway, I thought Zato was his name, and I was disappointed to find out that's just blind guy in Japanese. I wrote it down for you. It's I Z U I C H I. I don't know how you say that. Zuchi. Zuchi. That was his real name. They said it one time. Zato, whatever his name is. And they Zato. said it. Yeah, they said it when they had his mother. On they the said, is his mother still around? And then they got his mother. Not when he was in the building. Remember, oh, they yeah. got his mother. They brought his mother up and was going to kill her. I seen it on the boat. So they might say it twice. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, so here's my Zato. Um, wanted it to be a guy who didn't like obviously look impressive, like fighting wise. Somebody he wouldn't be intimidated by. But turns out to like actually. You know, have skills. So I went with uh, who that reminded me of was Mossy Oka from Heroes. Oh yeah, it's a good one. I don't want to cast him as a bad guy though. That's the thing. I mean, Zato's not giving off that vibe right off the bat. No, I get it. Okay, yeah. I, I like him. All right, who you got? I went with. I got two people wrote down. I want to use the guy. Gordon Liu, he's the bald guy from Kill Bill. He's not bald. He shaves his head. <laughs> the choice. I resemble that remark. We all do. But Josh. Getting there. Anyhow. I just right, you got to fire the quits on you, bro. I, I, just, I just went with the bald guy. <laughs> all right. Uh, Josh? I've got uh, Toshiro Obata. I think he was in the original Turtles movies. <laughs> and I went the opposite route with you, Jamie. He looks intimidating. I wanted somebody who would have a big presence on the screen. Was he the original Shredder? I don't think he was Shredder. I think oh, no, he's the, the second guy. Yeah, Tatsu. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's who he was. Uh because he's intimidating. I mean, yeah. it's definite time machine pick. But yeah, no, uh, you won that one, Josh. Yeah, mm, the grunt guy. Yeah. All right. So, um, last up is the wild card. So, Josh, no, Sam, who you got? I'm all, all right. last up. So, on, I didn't write down the page. <laughs> Shoot, take more for it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Pretend there's some random guy in the background. Yeah, so it's 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 the police guy at the Zato's when he's got the girl kidnapped. The, the police guy. Now I, I went with Jamie's guy, the guy from Heroes, Maso Okai or whatever. <laughs> I want to see him in in a police guy. <laughs> okay, Josh. Okay, I've got the. Uh... I couldn't find her name, but it's the guy Zato or the girl Zato is kidnapped and has in the building. And I've yeah. got uh, Rila Fukushima. She was the also in the Wolverine. Uh, she was the uh, girl that uh, Tina Ray's death. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's a good, good. one. Good. Yeah. Um, I think she'd be good at the intense scenes. She she can do the dramatic. So I kind of almost did the same thing. Um, so in the first chapter after uh, Yoshi's forced to kill his dad, there's like an official he goes to. 
um, to sort of give an account and, like, and, and gain that position. And I never caught the guy's name, but for that, I'm going to go. You already use this actor, but it's Hiroyuki Sonata. I feel like he would have that kind of like, you know, strong presence to be like that sort oh, yeah. of really powerful government official. Like it. He, bring, he brings a lot of presence. He's a, a big presence. Of, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's around, you you instinctively just look to see what he's doing and, and assume he's in charge. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those people that, like changes the gravity of a room. Um. All right. Well, um, <laughs> that's the end of this show. <laughs> <laughs> Sam brought. What little enthusiasm there was was all coming from Sam. I know. Uh, I enjoyed I, I wish I'd be more of the time. <laughs> I understand. Uh, I'd rather just read more Lone Wolf and Cub. Me too. I'd rather, I'd rather reread some Lone Wolf and Cub than read any more of this. Um, all right. So uh, our next pick is uh, we're doing um, one of our normal things. We're doing a tie-in, and we're doing it uh, poorly timed. Um, that's because that's how we roll. So we're going to be doing a Batman tie-in for the Batman that came out uh, two weeks, you know, before the time that we're actually going to air the next episode. <laughs> yeah. That's how we do. We should uh, early. But the book we're going to do is is a Batman Volume 3, Death of the Family. And if you're going to read along with us, make sure it is Death of the Family, not Death in the Family. And this is the third volume of the Scott Snyder um written series and it's right happens right after court of owls and it is a very uh creepy uh joker story and i just thought it'd be fun to read with my brothers and at the time we picked it none of us had seen the batman and those trailers give off kind of a creepy vibe so i felt like like there's it's not like they're filming that story but it kind of feels like there's like a vibe um connection there yeah yeah all right. Well, I think we're done here. I think so. All right. Salute. See ya. Good night. Goodbye, Switzerland. <laughs>